Hello and welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit. My name is Anna Louise Kenny and with me is Jessica Stagg. In these podcast episodes, we bring to you industry experts who have been there, done that, paving the way to help educate and build you and your aesthetic business. And this is the latest episode of the Skin Philosophy Edit. Hi, welcome to Skin Philosophy Edit. Today on our podcast, we have Karen, who's the business development coach for Dermapure. So Karen, can you tell us a little bit about you, how you got into the industry and your experience over the years? Yep, hello to start with. Um, so I've been in aesthetics for approximately 15 years. Um, I came into it via the traditional beauty course. So back in the day when I trained, aesthetics wasn't as big as it is now. There wasn't as much knowledge. Some of the acids were still around, but nowhere near as penetrating and as used as frequently. So I started off traditional beauty, um, did that for about four years and then to be honest completely lost interest I was just a bit bored and I was quite young so didn't really have the client connection that I think you need Um, so left the industry for a little bit and then when I had children came back into it Um, and I actually think it was the best thing for me to do because at that slightly older stage I was much more able to connect with clients particularly sort of middle-aged and older clients they didn't look at me as somebody really young which I think is a real challenge for people that are just coming into the industry now um and then i developed and went into aesthetics and absolutely loved it and still love it to this day it's much more results driven it's much more about resolving problems really changing the structure and integrity of the skin so yeah that's how i got into aesthetics and where i am now (laughs) amazing so um in terms of like your experience within the industry so um you obviously are the business development coach for Dermapure mm-hmm. now, what got you to this point and what made you have more of the more, like the passion of helping businesses on the background of their industries? So I started off just treating. So I did about 10 to 13 years of treating for a big corporate company, which was great because it gave me a really good foundation and lots of exposure to different brands. So that was a really good grounding. Then I left and went and managed for an independent, which brought a whole different skill set. So Although I still had all of the treatment base, I was then managing team members, but also looking at it from more of a business point of view. So looking at social media, business growth, costings, which are all elements of this industry that I think don't necessarily get looked at, but are an integral part of making a business success. Um, So after three years and during COVID of helping the small business to get through that period and come out the other side, which I'm happy to say that we did, I then just felt like I needed a change. I think a lot of people after COVID felt that whatever they were doing, they needed to just shake it up a little bit. It was such a challenging time and such a unique time for all of us that I wanted to do what I was doing in clinic, but do it on a slightly broader scale. And actually that's where this role fits in perfectly because I have the advantage now of being able to support therapists from a treatment advice point of view. I work with a brand that I'm completely committed to as far as results. So I know the products that I'm using, selling and talking to businesses about are effective and work, which for me is absolutely vital. And then I can also support from a business development side the small businesses from looking at everything from Google business to social media to communication with their staff to upselling and cross-link selling on different treatments. So I think it's just pulled together all of my experience in one little package. And it's very nice that you do that because like some brands you'll take on and they won't give that support and everything like that. Actually, how Karen and I know each other is 
my clinic in Barnes, Karen was managing the one down the road. <laughs> so, so basically we were in competition with each other at one stage. But the reason I'm bringing this up is I know you were in that clinic. It wasn't the brand you're working with at the moment. No. So how did you come across that? Like what, what made you them? Like what made you go, yeah, them? Because at the time, like I know they they weren't the ones that was being used. Yeah, no, no. I mean, as I say, I've worked with about, I've probably worked with about 15 different skincare yeah. brands that are on the market and you can pretty much name all of the top ones yeah. and I've worked with them. However, when I was working for the corporate company, we used Dermaquest. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I won a competition with Dermaquest to go out to San Francisco to look at the labs. Yeah. I also loved the treatments and loved the products, um, and they're super affordable. So it was like a tick box for, for me. Having gone out there and seen how it's approached and how it's actually all made, I said at the time to the office manager, if ever a job comes up, I, you, I am your person and just everything fell into place. At the time that I was sort of looking after COVID, then this job came up. I also knew a couple of members of staff having had contact with them back in the day in the industry. And yeah, it was just the right place at the right time and the right brand for me. Yeah, amazing. it is a lovely one. So tell us about the, the labs out there. <gasps> was it? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and also quite intimidated. Yeah. So um, Sam Dat, who owns the business and is the, the chief manufacturer of it, um, his labs in the States are absolutely huge and so technically brilliant. And also just, you can really see that the care that, whatever brand they're making and they make for a lot of different companies dermaquest is his his own personal brand but they make for lots of different companies but it's such a clean environment it's fda approved labs so everything that's done there is meticulously done and you can just tell the quality and the passion that goes into it from manufacturing to then being applied to the client's face is consistent the right yeah. way through. Yeah. It was it's one of the things that absolutely sold me mm. on the brand. Yeah. I think what's really nice about the the Dermaquest industry um, or the Dermaquest brand, sorry, is everyone who I've spoken to who either works with the brand or who works in the in the company, um, they most people have got quite good things to say like there's mm. got good things to say about it whether it be the quality of the ingredients right the way through to working for the company and the training side and then going into the ingredients where they're produced the owner and it really shows the importance of that sort of setup within a successful business that there's a lot of boxes that have been ticked or in with within the brand to be able to create these this these yeah. products yeah so um, I think I think part of the success from a training and support point of view is we know that if you're an independent business out there on your own, it's actually quite overwhelming. It's quite overwhelming to do your treatments, try and manage your business side of things, look at the accounting, try and forecast, try and forward plan so you're not constantly firefighting. Mm. And that comes across with the work that I do and the work that Lindsay does. Like we are there as a support. We're like an unpaid member of staff. And that's really how I see myself when I go into clinics is I am there to support them to grow their business because if they're successful, we're successful and everyone wins and the client gets great results. So it, it's sort of like that ethos goes across the whole company, really. It's all about supporting each other, supporting, yeah. you know, businesses, looking at the environment and ethically sourced products. So yeah. it's sort of, it's a it's constant right the way from conception to delivery. Yeah. And what, like, going in, seeing those businesses, 
what mistakes have you seen happen that other people that are listening now can learn from? So like, you know, maybe it might be taking on too much staff or investing in too much equipment or not marketing or branding or, you know, what mistakes have you seen? I think uh, in this day and age, neglecting social media is an absolute People say, oh, I don't have time for it, but actually if you made time for it, it would ultimately make your business more successful. Yeah. So I think that's a real key. I also think allowing clients to dictate what they should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And I see this a lot with people where they lose a little bit of confidence or a little get, get a bit stuck in their way. And actually you are the expert as yeah. the therapist and you should be advising your client to get that result. They need to do a treatment in clinic, yes, but they should also be using the home care to support that. Otherwise, you're doing one thing without supporting it. And I think for me, that is a real key that you've got to look at whatever treatment you're doing is a, as a whole approach. Yeah. Um, and I think particularly for small independents, but this is also relevant for bigger chains that People get so sidetracked by the equipment nowadays that actually they forget the fundamental of good skincare is what you're putting in your skin at home. And I think that message gets lost sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. And this is, um, we were speaking about it earlier in terms of the like skincare is that um, it's, it is almost a treatment in itself. And mm. it is actually a business in itself. Now, like, I know people that are almost just doing skin consulting now and not even offering treatments and yep. and selling cosmeceutical skincare, medical grade skincare. And um, it is such, if skincare is sold in the correct way, I, I don't even like selling, like educating in the correct way, then um, it is, not only do you get the result driven treatments but it is a massive revenue that you can be bringing in and if you're not tapping into that when you're working alongside all these treatments then you're losing out on such a huge aspect of a successful business and results in being a successful skin specialist that you yeah absolutely and it's a constant you know if they're paying if they've paid for a course of treatments up front that's already paid for. Mm. But then if they're using their products alongside that, and also you're readjusting the products and re-looking at the products, because just because they've started on A, B, and C doesn't mean that A, B, and C is right for them six months, a year, two years down the line. So you've got then a constant stream of revenue coming in in the height of summer when it's 40 degrees heat, which we've recently experienced. Mm. You can't necessarily have a treatment then, Mm -hmm. but you should still be applying your skincare. So there is still a constant stream of revenue. Yeah, I agree. It's absolutely vital for a successful business. Yeah. Mm. And even the skin healthiness and stuff like that. Like I remember when I first started working with Fields, the supplier at the time, they said to us, you know, you need to prep the skin and advise them to use these skincare prof- like products first. Um, but because at the time they were actually new to Ireland and the UK and their educator was very new to this whole thing and Peels were, was massively new and they were basically like, just just advise them to take these products. But what's really important is you understand if you don't rebalance that pH, you know, rebuild the skin, have vitamin C levels within your skin, have hyaluronic acid mm. levels within your skin. You can't actually repair the skin. You have to have all of this built up for that treatment to work well. And like when we were in the clinic, I'd have clients come in and, you know, if it was, if it was for treatment, fair enough, it's just general skin treatment. But if they came in to treat something, I would be like, no, you cannot do the treatment 
unless you've the products yeah. and yeah. some of them I did have one strop at me where she was like <laughs> I can't believe you won't do my treatment unless and I'm like no I'm sorry because you'll complain you won't get the results and the mm. reason why you won't get results is because your skin isn't healthy enough it yeah. needs to be prepared and looked after properly it's the before during and after not just the treatment you're coming in for. yeah absolutely and also you just you just won't get the result if the skin isn't hydrated enough yeah then the wound response will be much slower. Yeah. Therefore, the end result will be poorer quality or you'll actually have a much stronger reaction than you should have had if the health of the skin was in a really good place. Yeah. Because ultimately, we can treat with acids, we can microneedle, we can laser, we can cause all these different levels of trauma now, which are amazing. And you know we know the skin has an amazing ability to heal itself, hence why we can do all the treatments that we can do. But unless that skin is in a state to be able to heal, it's a bit like trying to ask your body to heal when you haven't eaten or drunken anything for a week. You wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So why would you do that to your skin? Mm -hmm. So same principle, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah that's interesting. In terms of um, talking about running a business or managing a business, what I want to talk a little bit about, because people are, can who run a business or manage a business, this can be... It, they, it can almost feel sometimes quite a lonely place. Mm. Like they feel like that, um, they feel like that they're potentially the only one that's going through it. Um, or because they need to portray doing this, they maybe potentially don't have the right people around. So I want to try and talk a lot about um, honest conversation of what it is like to manage a clinic. Um, so obviously, staff. Um, managing staff, um, managing kind clients. of like the cash flow, the clients yeah. and stuff. So what would you say to as a starting point of what you have learnt or maybe what even your potential biggest struggles are or what you or how you've overcome them managing clinics or even watching other clinics who you have mm. potentially seen struggle? Um, I think staff is your greatest asset and biggest curse. <laughs> All, <laughs> <laughs> All of us are saying that one time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, because ultimately, as a team, you're only as good as your weakest member. So, you know, you have to look at supporting your team so that they then deliver the treatment to the level that would be the same that you deliver to. So if a client comes in and has you one day and point is really tricky and is a constant work in progress and I think the best clinics are the ones that don't kick back and say well we've used this brand for years and we know it all they're the ones that ultimately end up falling by the wayside because they don't move with the times they don't look at the latest things for their clients and then eventually that does catch up with them and yes your treatment may have been great five years ago but there may be that treatment plus X, Y, and Z that you can add to it now that would make it even better. So I think keeping up with industry knowledge is vital. Mm. I think managing your team so that they have the, a really strong amount of knowledge and maintaining that knowledge as an individual. You have to take individual responsibility because you are ultimately, whether you're a therapist working one day a week or you're the clinic manager, you are touching people's skin, you're dealing with people's skin, you're affecting how their skin performs would you do that without having the knowledge behind you and mm. not keeping that up to date? And I think that's really important. And I think that is the manager owner's role to make sure that that is available. Um, and actually, if you do that, then your clients will be happy because they're constantly getting the right level of service, the right level of knowledge, and the treatments are being progressed and moved on and they don't feel stagnant. So I think that is 
that's definitely one part. Um, staff is a massive mm-hmm. issue. I do. Um, I go in with what you've said. I like when with my staff, I in an interview, um, I always say to them, and the first thing that I say to them is that if I if you come into this and you don't in, and you begin to either start. In, um, losing your passion or you feel like that this job isn't for you anymore I say uh, there is I like you you need to move on in the nicest way and I mm. completely understand that this is not for you anymore because I find that if you have you can't have staff working in this industry who aren't wanting to I suppose keep learning Absolutely. or keep bringing the best for the client or have the passion like you can literally when you're touching someone they can literally feel whether you're into it as well Absolutely. and so I do think it is really important um, as a staff member to in respecting the business that if they feel like it's not right mm. and that we take on staff that do have that passion definitely and I think alongside that I think the other thing that I would say is a really common mistake and something that is easy to overcome if you stick to it is allocating administration time and not allowing yourself three hours of something and then all of a sudden a client calls up and you think oh I'll just squeeze it in there and uh, because then all of a sudden that administration time which is essentially your core foundation for preparation for training for your business side for ordering stock for looking at costings if you suddenly keep interjecting that with clients in then yes, you've got that immediate fix of that £100 or whatever it might be for that particular treatment, but what have you lost from not dedicating Mm -hmm. that two-hour block to your future planning? So you could have lost £2,000 in that two-hour. 100%. So I think that it's very easy to do. People prioritise clients, and which is right, obviously, in one way, because we want to accommodate our clients, but without proper planning your business at some stage is going to suffer from that. So I think to physically allocate time out and realise that that is as important as doing the treatments is a a flaw that's quite often, um, particularly with small businesses, because you feel like every penny counts. Mm -hmm. It's easy, very much easy to get pulled in of saying yes Mm -hmm. to the clients. But um, I think one thing which a lot of, like you said, particularly small business owners have learned is that one, you need to accept that you're not good at everything. And at some point you need to delegate and let people do their jobs properly. Um, And also I do think that is so important to make sure that you're dedicating time to, they always say that the background of the business is just as important as the the front, if not more important Mm -hmm. than the front end, Mm -hmm. because that is ultimately what's gonna make it run smoothly, what's gonna make you a happier person to be able to give more. And then obviously that long-term development Mm -hmm. of keeping everything organized and and growing the business Mm -hmm. really. Uh, and I do agree that I think people can very easily get sucked into mm. chaos then from yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of think, I think, it's like you said, you think you'll get the quick fix of the £100 and you don't organise your life properly to go, okay, priority is this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And like you said with the staff thing, the staff thing is a huge thing. And if, yeah. if they're not trained effectively and you're not keeping them up to a standard they should be, the business isn't mm. going to go anywhere because it's going to be every single client and it is the biggest struggle like it is without shadow of a doubt mm. but it is very important that you invest that time but also you appreciate those staff because yeah. if you don't then they'll go at elsewhere yeah. and they'll find a better job yeah um, and that's very much the now at the moment yeah and yeah. staffing is so is th- we have such a shortage of staffing at the yeah. moment so mm-hmm. you know you really need to hold on to the good ones yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah, that's um that is. I do find that there is um a lot of people that are looking 
for staff. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, um, no, so basically what we wanted as well was to go through as well is um, say, for example, what I find with a lot of the girls that are on the courses, the boys either, um, and they're setting up, they want, you know, what is the process normally? Because what I find is, is if you're not sure which brand to go for, mm -hmm. then get a facial or ask the rep about getting mm -hmm. the treatment done so you feel it um, or ask, you know, about the information about the ingredients or stuff like that. So what's the normal process with Dorian Pure? So for us, um, it we very much try and establish what it is they are trying to get out of their business. So mm. are they more beauty led? Are they going to be more lashes, lips, you know, tinting, waxing, traditional beauty, in which case, Yes, we offer a range of facials that are brilliant, but actually some of the deeper resurfaces and peels may not be for them. So then in that circumstance, we may talk about another brand that we represent because that might be more suitable for the level of client and the level of treatment that they want to perform. Mm. So I think for Dermapure, what we really want to get out is what you want to get out of your business. And then we'll look from there at recommended what the right fit is for you. I mean, for DermaQuest as a brand, we are fortunate that we have everything from a basic facial to an advanced facial with glycolic acid to resurfaces, which, you know, the pH on some of those are really like 2.5. They're actually quite aggressive. And then right down to the peels where you have got a 1.5 pH, which is, you know, a, a step before doing a doctor-led treatment. So we have such a broad spectrum of treatments available. Um, but you have to be confident to work with them. You have to be wanting to get that result. Um, and you have to be able to recommend the home care alongside it. Otherwise, there's no point in stocking a whole load of resurfaces and peels if they're just going to sit gathering dust on your shelf. That is literally money sitting there doing nothing. You'd want to go into this knowing that I want to deliver results and I'm happy to do that because I have the knowledge to do that. Mm. And then be confident enough to do it. Um, and I think that I think that as well. I think think people hear the word peels and resurfaces and think back to the old days where it was, you know, the ten years younger in one treatment and <laughs> doctor led yeah. only. And and actually, it's moved on so much from there that there's such a variety of treatments available that are very results, but also very controlled and very stable and very predictable. Um, but have the confidence to just do it. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that holds people back as well, is they've got the knowledge and they don't believe in themselves. And mm -hmm. as I have said to my old team and say to my current people that I work with, you are the expert. You've done mm -hmm. the training. You know, you haven't just read a couple of bits on Instagram or Google and then think you know it all, which we deal with a lot now that we yeah. didn't used to when I first started in the industry because the amount of information available is much higher than it used to be. But ultimately, you've gone and done the study in believe in your training, reread your training and apply it. And don't be afraid to apply it. That's what you're here for. And that's what will get your clients the best results. And actually that's what will get them coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Great, brilliant. Thank yeah. you very much okay, for that. You're very welcome. That's very informative. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure like it helps people because it's daunting making those decisions, seeing like who would they talk to, mm -hmm. which bands to go for, how yeah. would they get in. So it's good to have those good first steps. Yeah. Of I think as well, like do your research. You yeah. know, have a chat with us, see what we offer. Have a chat with the other brands and see what they actually offer yeah. you. Yeah. So look at your budget, look at the training that's done, look at the support that you get. Do you get help with marketing? Do you have a rep that's 
going to engage or is it just virtual? Mm -hmm. You know, what as a whole package, what are you buying into? Yeah. And how is that going to affect your business going forward? Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank, thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. And thanks for commenting. <laughs> You're welcome.